0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce odyssey podcast. I'm here with Ryan Flanagan and we're going to talk about the state of the Amazon market. It's a broad topic, but I think, I think Ryan is a man to deal with it. So let's, let's, let's think grand. What is the state of the Amazon market in in your opinion? What it, what, you know, what's happened recently, which you can tell us about.
1: Yeah. Well, Trevor, first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, you know, what we see in the Amazon market is that over the last 10 years or so, Amazon's been growing exponentially year over year. And what has happened recently is that it started to stagnate, not completely stagnate, but we have seen that compared to 100% year over year growth based on segments, that sometimes that's actually down 30% this year or only up 10%. And it's not exponentially growing as much as we've seen. Basically, if you look at the bell curve, we've kind of hit that top of the bell curve. We're not as much on the up ramp, while it is still growing, and because of that, that has to change how we execute and what we do on Amazon as brands.
0: Okay, because of course, I mean, Amazon has been good. It's twenty years old. It's not a new company anymore.
1: No, so no. It's, amazing no, it's, it's been not.
0: growing as hard, it's, it's amazing. It's been growing as fast as it is. Or it has.
1: Well, and in the U.S., Amazon represents about 48, 49% of product search, right? Yeah. So it's just gigantic. But because of COVID and really a lot of people going online shopping and these type of things, it really kind of exponentially uh, shot up, particularly in the last few years. It was growing pretty quickly before, but really took another hit. And then what we see for a number of brands selling on Amazon is... They're used to exponential growth, and then you get 10% growth over the year, and you go, "Uh uh-oh, what's going on? Or you start seeing a decrease, and is this more competition? Is this your listing? These are these type of things. So how do you continue to grow and build on Amazon in an ever more competitive market is the real conversation and the real thing that you have to do here, because it's honestly just getting more difficult to do.
0: Okay. So what are your, how should a brand, how do brands differentiate themselves on, on Amazon? I mean, there's lots of, whatever product you take, you're unlikely to be there's only just one product selling that thing. So how how should a brand differentiate themselves?
1: Yeah. So it really comes down to a number of things. So when you're looking at differentiating yourself on Amazon, it's, it's quite frankly doing it better than the rest. Um, Amazon's very consumers are very, Price elastic, meaning that uh, a price is a big decision on that. And if you're not price competitive on there, then you're going to have some issues. But when you look at your website, your listing or whatnot, your brand on Amazon, is it optimized? Do you have good images? Do you have good you know, talk me through that.
0: Which, what are the important factors there quickly?
1: So, yeah. So when I look at the conversion rate side of things for Amazon listings, there's there's kind of three things. Um, One is, is the listing optimized? Does it look good? Does it have brand story? Those type of things as well. Um, The second thing is you have the proper pay-per-click metrics and advertising strategy going on with that for really growth on Amazon. And I can talk about that in a second. And the third thing that we'll talk about in a second too is the amount of reviews and how that kind of tiered cycle looks. But when you're looking at Amazon, particularly on what we like to call growth-driven advertising, um, we look at catalogs and there are smaller catalogs. We kind of see that you know, 2% of your catalog is making up about 98% of your sales in general. So you really should focus on your hero products. And we see by focusing really heavily on doing advertising well, and this is something that we've kind of seen in other marketplaces. If you're not paying attention to the listing and the data you're getting from the listing, running split tests, running image tests, running A plus content tests, and doing title tests, you're really losing out. So just to kind of quickly put a a pin in this. So we've done some tests and these are just tests that we ran in the last two weeks for some of our clients. But by changing the main image uh, that shows up for the image and shows up in uh, the search details, we've actually increased click-through rates for one of our clients by 102% and another one by 700%. Okay. So what was different
0: about these images that that help it?
1: Yeah. Right. So uh, honestly, what we're seeing on this is Amazon, you know, in TOS, they say, you know, please always use a white background, do these type of things. But TLS, can... sorry. TOS, terms of service. Oh, right, Yes. Yeah. Thanks. I, I appreciate it. So um, when they typically look at terms of service on that, they say you have to have a white background, you have to do certain things that way. What we found in different categories that they're laying, people start to edge the market. So if you have something with a person holding a toy sword or a person doing those type of things compared to just the toy sword on that showing up in product search, that will really increase click-through a lot. And by increasing click-through rate, that indicates to Amazon, hey, there's more desire for this product. So we're going to start ranking you higher organically. And then we typically see with click-through rate, initially the conversion rate on the listing drops a little bit. That's why you need to focus on optimization on the listing and doing those type of things, but then continuing to grow and scale from there. Uh, and I'm talking, you know, for example, in that 678% click-through rate, we saw conversion rate drop 1%. So you got yeah. you know, a, a huge up and then you got about a 10% drop on.
0: How, do you, how do you run um, A-B tests on uh, products? Because that's something I don't think you can do that in Seller Central, can you?
1: Um, they recently it's relatively new last three months or so they've actually introduced that for brand registry products that you can start doing split testing for images. You got three areas that you can focus on is the main image, the product title, as well as the A plus content. You can start split testing on those areas, but it's more than just that it's doing those split testings, looking at that thing, those things. And while doing the advertising side of this, if you have. That are doing really well for your listing then you should take those and then inject those into the copy so you organically rank higher for those two
0: okay so
1: it's kind of a multi-tiered strategy that you do but we're getting amazing results for people right now by doing that for particularly your hero products if you got 30 reviews you got five thousand dollars of sales a month something like that doesn't really make sense you actually have to kind of hit thresholds for that um so i want to recommend this for your full catalog but really for those hero products that are making, you know, $300,000 a year and up on those, those are the ones you really want to focus on. Because typically, you know, if you do it well, you can almost triple your sales on those
0: products. Okay. So how do, you know, these days, Amazon, back in the day, not even that long ago, there was no sponsored search on Amazon. Uh, it was all about creating great listings. And now you've got to thing, you know, the sponsored search is taking up more and more of the page um mm-hmm. how do brands keep their competitive edge do they need to keep advertising or is it just advertising to keep get the products and get reviews and then they can fall back onto natural search or how do they keep a competitive edge over time
1: yeah great question by the way so we we want to look at a few things a what we do for all of our clients that we're kind of working with on growth through advertising is we set up segments so we can get the bigger picture of this and when we do segment tracking on this It's basically the top 100 ASINs that are very similar to your brand, so you can find out what's actually going. So kind of with that bell curve we were talking about initially, um, you could be up 50% last year and be like, hey, we're doing great, but the market's actually up 100%, so you're actually losing market share. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're looking at it on Amazon today, your market could be down 10%, and you could be breaking even, and you're actually growing market share. So the first thing when you look at competitive advantage is getting the full picture of what's actually happening compared to just being reactive to to market share, to, to sales on that. You have to understand what's going on at the competitive level. The second thing is when you're competing your competitive edge is to not just look at a cost, but look at your total advertising cost of sale because there's organic rank. There's other things on that that you have to see uh and make sure that's going so a a typical metric that we see for our clients and you know equally priced and these type of things on average you see either a 20 to 10 ROAS on your tacos you know so your tacos are five to ten percent saying that you have a 20 return on investment or return on ad spend with that when you look at overall sales so when looking at your competitive advantage total
0: total advertising cost to spend yeah
1: Yes, 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 yes. So averaging in what are you getting organically as well as what you're making off of advertising? Because in Amazon, your ads are basically your SEO. Your ad spend is your SEO because the more you sell on Amazon, because Amazon gets a commission, the higher you rank organically on Amazon as well. Yeah. Right. So you have to keep feeding that beast. Then when you look at from this market, let's just talk about hero products. Let's talk about a product with 200 reviews. That's making 30 to 50 thousand dollars a month, right? With what you want to do with that is get your baseline so you can identify what's going on with that. Really do brand defense on that, and then do conquesting, not just with the av- typical advertising console, but with Amazon DSP videos in there. But you need to DSP. So
0: you're you a man of your, you're a man of your acronyms. What's DSP? <laughs> I, I am
1: typically American in that way. So I apologize for that. Um, Amazon demand side platform. So Amazon demand side platform is a platform uh, that you either have to be a, work with an agency that has a relationship like with Amazon, like we do, or you have to spend about $50,000 a month to get access to this through Amazon directly. Um, but with demand side platform, it's basically a sponsored display ads, uh, but significantly more advanced. So you can do on-platform advertising, you can do retargeting if you're in the supplement industry so that people use your supplements for 30 days and don't trigger that retargeting until after 30 days. You can do heavy uh, competitor conquesting with that. You can do videos and connected TV essentially uh, on the platform because Amazon's really getting into their, their TV side of this and showing ads on that. So there's a lot of strategic advantages for focusing on demand side platform um, and, and it's, it's basically think about kind of how Facebook works, but on Amazon and you get all that user data from everybody. So you do a lookalike audience. It's not everybody who's brought, bought, uh, liked a concert or something like that. It's actually everybody who's bought the concert ticket and you can okay. use that data to target. them.
0: Okay. So what do you think is a healthy split between organic and, um, you know, for a mature brand, what's a, a healthy split between organic and paid, um, On Amazon,
1: yeah. So what our target is, and this varies uh, per marketplace. So we have some clients that have uh, two tacos because they're just not in a very competitive marketplace. Uh, They do tractor fuel pumps or something like that, and it's you know um, like a two to three percent tacos on that. So when you're looking at two percent tacos, that's almost like a a fifty return on ad spend, right? When you're looking at the side. Now we have other clients that are more expensive than the marketplace, but have a healthier margin, right? And then you're potentially looking more at 20% tacos, but you're, you're charging more than the competitors. You have a healthier margin and you're still growing aggressively on that. So it kind of falls between that five return, five uh, offs on the platform to a 100% off on the platform. Where we normally fall is about the uh, 20 to 10% return on ad spend on the platform.
0: Okay, because I've read, I mean, I, on the side I looked at, that the average was 30%. Do you think that's high? I think it's much lower than that.
1: Well, so I was saying return like 20x or 10x. So I think, yeah, compared to percentage. So that's, so you're talking, yeah, sorry.
0: So I'd be talking return. I think the average I've heard is a t- return of I mean, uh, of three, or give or take.
1: When yeah. I don't have that. Would you think that's yeah, average, that... or would you... Yeah, I would say that's probably just looking at a cost, like a 30% A cost on that. And for that, that would be average looking at the A cost. But the bigger picture on that is to look at organic sales with that as well and what your multiplier is over there, because you need to look holistically at the platform compared yeah. to just the advertising spend on Google or Facebook or any of these type of things. You just want to focus on return on ad spend based on what you're doing in those marketplaces because it doesn't increase your organic position. On right, like Amazon, okay. you have to look at the organic position because the more you sell, the higher you rank. You're not doing backlink. No, it doesn't
0: make any sense. You really need to look at the total spend. Right, and, yes, that's, okay.
1: that's, a, and that's a huge misnomer right now. Um, yep. And it's really where a lot of people are, are failing on Amazon, unfortunately.
0: So what, what do you think, I mean, okay, we talked about reviews briefly. How important are reviews? And reviews I,
1: you- are absolutely critical. There, there's a few things that you really need to look at and, and the changing environment on Amazon right now is pretty critical with this too. So historically, there are a lot of review farms, a lot of things happening out of Asia and a lot of way to get hundreds of reviews pretty easily and pretty critically. Um, if you're doing a product launch, we always recommend doing Amazon Vine. Amazon Vine's a program that you pay Amazon about $200 roughly, uh, you give 30 products away and you can get up to the 30 reviews. Right. Process typically takes four to six weeks on that. But it's absolutely critical to get those seed reviews. Once you have those seed reviews, you want to make sure you have over four stars. If you're 3.7 or below, if you see those stars go to that three and a half, you're almost done for. You, right. you, you, can't, you can't fix ugly, right? <laughs> like
0: the, oh.
1: You took uh, <laughs> so, to me. yeah uh, well no i got a face made for radio so 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 what do you think Um, okay
0: so how okay how what do you um how how many reviews is enough reviews or is that how many reviews is that how long is a piece of string
1: yeah so how many so what we typically see from the conversion rate level is it depends on your marketplace so if you're going up against competitors that 40,000 reviews you should probably not be trying to conquest those competitors because it's going to not work yeah, right yeah. but what we typically see is you know 30 reviews we call that retail ready so you can start really focusing more on advertising and growing on that so you, you don't think you should
0: you don't think you should do any advertising before you've got 30 reviews
1: i think you can do advertising but it the data is basically useless
0: and you should really just get your Amazon because Vine thing. Do Amazon Vine, get your 30 reviews, and then and then move on to advertising.
1: And, and well, maybe even have some like $1,000 a month auto campaigns going on or something like that. But honestly, the data is kind of useless until you're retail ready. Because if somebody sees a keyword, clicks on it, and sees that there's three reviews, they're not going to buy. So you yeah. really can't do any data analysis until you hit a certain level. Right? Well, then, what we see kind of in the tiered system is when you hit 100 reviews, you get a higher conversion rate. Then, when you hit 1,000 reviews, you get a higher conversion rate. So, you kind of start hanging these step-kind uh, of tiered levels for conversion rate based on the review side of things.
0: Okay. And what do you think the best way of boosting your review count is? As yeah. So, there's other there's than a, Vine. I mean, just saying, how do you get, how do you encourage customers to leave reviews?
1: Yeah. So, definitely set up the automation. Back then, there's a number of service providers that have uh, set up automation for sending out reviews and requesting reviews based on purchases. If you're using Amazon's uh, standard request form, make sure that it's only requesting product reviews and not seller reviews, uh, because it's good to have seller reviews. And if you don't have seller reviews, you need to focus on that initially. But once you're mature, make sure you're focusing on product reviews on that. Um marketing inserts that are done within terms of service is recommended on that. Um, you can't ask for positive reviews. You have to be really careful with your wording on that. But anything like that that will help increase reviews is always recommended. So some sort of automated However,
0: system to email your customers saying please leave some right. please leave whatever view you. We hope that you've we hope that you've had a good experience. Yeah. Um,
1: well, and Amazon even has like a template that they do, which is completely terms of service compliant that you can automate with third party software on that. Uh, Ecom Cir- Circle is a good one, Ecom Engine, excuse me, the Feedback yeah. Five platform is a good one for that. Um, but when you do the marketing inserts or anything like that, you have to really be careful about terms of service. You can't ask for a positive review, you can't do any of those things. Um, because you could get pulled down. Amazon's gotten very critical about their reviews recently, um, just because there were a lot of fraudulent uh, review farms out there and things like that.
0: Yeah, and my experience with Amazon is you never ever want to do anything which which contradict their, their terms of service because if you get if you get a problem, it's very hard to recover from.
1: Right, that that's essentially. I, I am a hundred percent in accordance with.
0: That. Yeah, it's very very very. Because I've done things which are stupid and. Um, uh, I was I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> 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 How do Okay, that's good on reviews. Um dealing with large catalogs. So your brand or a company that has a you know you've got some companies have got a lot of different SKUs. What is the best way of um dealing with a large catalog?
1: Sure. The the irony here is I think this is one of the reasons that individual sellers on Amazon have been very uh, successful. Right? So Think about a, a large catalog of toy tractors or something like that. And that catalog's up there and they got two images. They have some content, you know, kind of the standard catalog. Think of like anything you see in the food market on Amazon, right? No yeah. lifestyle images, those type of things. Well, the reason that sellers have been so successful on that is because they could basically come in and conquest. So typically there was a brand recognition. Uh, for something so let's talk about um uh the the tamale industry right and you you're a tamale company you have a really large brand and you have a whole bunch of different flavors of tamales what's and they tamale all kind of, sorry
0: i don't know it must be an american thing
1: oh a tamale is actually a mexican thing oh, like uh, a
0: sauce or something
1: yeah it's um it's basically like a corn husk uh food thing there's some food in it it's wrapped in a corn husk and it's delicious.
0: okay i look forward to eating it
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it is a bit, bit spicy though. So I can right look at
0: me. I can do spice. I can do spice.
1: Okay, <laughs> okay let's let's talk about makeup. It'll it'll be an easier analogy, right? So, you know, if you were a, a big makeup provider, of course you're going to get people coming to you and converting because back uh historically they went into a retailer, they bought the makeup, they tried it, they liked it, and they did those things, right? Um, but what people have done and individual sellers have done have gone in and really focused on this red lip liner and done it really well, got good images, got videos, have all these type of things. So if you've never experienced this and you can't go on the counter, well, what's the closest I can get to touching and feeling this before I do that? And then they go very aggressive on the marketing the split testing and all those things. This is why Amazon has been so successful for individual sellers, because they're basically picking off the catalogs of these big retailers that weren't doing a very good job. Yeah, that we're doing yeah. kind of their full catalog. So when you do work with a larger catalog, um, A, you have to defend your brand because you are going to make a lot of sales just off of brand recognition because you are distributed in brick and mortar. Throughout that, people are familiar with the brand. But what we always do with those catalogs is choose your 2% that are normally making about 98% of the sales on um, your on your portfolio on Amazon optimize those, do a really good job, continue to market the other ones that we're doing, but that's not as proactive as the split testing and those things for the ones that are making your most money. With the ones that are making your most money, you do this growth driven advertising thing, which I've been kind of alluding to. And then you really try to 3X those because the more you sell on Amazon, the more your organic rank, the, the that's how you get that flywheel effect going and really make strong money with Amazon. We basically call this, working closest to the wallet out for profit and returns, because that's how we have long-term relationships with our clients.
0: Okay, so because I think it's difficult with, you know, companies that were traditionally manufacturers, they aren't really interested in selling directly, but they, they sell to retailers and those retailers don't have enough margin in it to really do any advertising. And therefore these products are, are overtaken by DTC brands mm-hmm. where the margins are much higher. I mean, I think that that's a it's a difficult problem to get around. I think.
1: Yeah, it's so one thing that we always do at our our side is when we work with a new brand or anybody comes to us, we kind of go through an Amazon action plan. We make sure we can be successful for for people, and really kind of that margin analysis is a part of it, right? Because you know people always think top line, and top line is very important. But I don't want to you know sell a million dollars and find out I spent two million dollars. Right, So so you have to look at that level, you have to look at those margins and you really have to see what's going on because when you are going D to C, not only do you have the referral fee from Amazon, which is typically 15%, but varies on category, you have the shipping costs too.
0: Yeah.
1: Right, so where is your margin after that and that, and then advertising fee, right? So what we typically shoot for is at least a 30% margin, after the Amazon fee, after your COGS and after shipping, nice. right? Cause then you kind of build it out from there. You do have some room for ad spend uh, on those tacos and those type of things, but that's where you kind of want to build in order to play on that. And that's why that taco conversation we're talking about is, you know, your return on ad spend, if it's 5% on that, well, I got a 30% margin. Now 5% is going for advertising. So at the end of the day, I'm only taking 25% home. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have to have that analogy. Now, if you're more expensive, you know, we love clients that have 40 or 50 or 60 percent margin on that, because then you could actually spend more on advertising. That 20 percent on that is actually bringing you 40 percent home if you have 60 percent margins. Okay. Right. Uh, so Margin so is yeah, everything. That down. You have to just think about it and really kind of do put, that in a, put it in a spreadsheet. So. Yeah
0: what um do you think is oh, first now that's a question what is first outline this growth-driven advertising what is it because i you, you mentioned it yeah what, what's your what's your strategy around that
1: yeah so really with growth-driven advertising it is only meant for the products your hero products are making the vast majority of sales. that are um established that are reviews That that have all those things if you're not optimized we can help you optimize and do those things but the first thing you want to do with setting this up is do the general kind of competitive analysis. Who are the players in this? What are they doing? What are they ranking for? And how can we target that? Um, then we look at you know, really setting up the, the market analysis, doing that kind of segment analysis just so we can find out what the playing field is. And then we typically report on that as well. So if I'm up 10% and the market's up 20%, we can say, hey, we're only up 10%. We're actually losing 10% of market share then when you have your campaigns up and active and you're going those things we do split testing like what i've kind of referred to earlier on that i'm not going to go into that but then we also do data driven uh, keyword injection injection and update in the listing for ranking strategies. so if we find in the lip liner level that uh, lip pin is really converting and we don't have that anywhere in our content on our listing, then we want to inject that because we found out that we have a 20% conversion rate for lip pen on that. So you mm-hmm. basically take the data that you're finding, pull that in the listing, and then you start to rank for those organically as well. Okay. So, so it's, it's significantly constant more... tweaking
0: of the li- Constant tweaking of the of the listings based on advertising data and... Sorry, data, yeah,
1: and, advertising and the opposite... And the opportunity in the market, to be very candid, is vast majority of uh, agencies and even in-house people are doing pay-per-click, aren't doing the split testing. All they're doing, or updating the listings at all, they're just doing the advertising side of it. So you only have half of it. It's like going to the gym for two hours every day, but then you get home and you just eat three pizzas. You're never going to get healthier doing that. (laughs) That's a holistic level of this. Yes, it's the same thing that you do in multi-channel with Google or Facebook or anything like that. You can run a great Google advertising campaign, but if you come, drive them to a landing page that takes 10 seconds to load, you're never going to make any sales. Yeah. So it's not just building the, the funnel to the house, but having a really good house that people want to stay in. Okay.
0: Um, okay. So what, how do you think Amazon's going to change in the future? What are your, in the next two years, what are your top three predictions? Yeah.
1: Well, they're going to continue to focus on uh, off traffic commerce coming to them. So Amazon initially injected this with the associate program that if you were a Amazon influencer, you could choose a category and then you could provide a, a link back to Amazon and you would make a commission off anything you sold and drove to Amazon, right? Yeah. Um, now they've rolled that out for brands. So instead of driving to your website or anything like that, you can actually do your Facebook campaigns, email campaigns, and drive direct to your Amazon page. And then you get up to a 10% commission back from Amazon for that. So if your referral fee is 15%, you would actually only pay 5% for this. It
0: makes it worthwhile doing offline advertising.
1: Right. Pushing to Amazon. And Amazon typically has a higher conversion rate. Yeah. Right. It's a like on average, Amazon's conversion rate is 5x of what you would get on your website. Yeah. Now, because of these things, they need to make it sticky for brands on Amazon because you don't control any of your data on Amazon. Right. So they're rolling out some additional programs here, uh, one of which I like to highlight is basically a, a way to um, send out emails to people that have followed your page and your Mm -hmm. customers on Amazon, because we all know that email is one of the most effective ways to do that. Uh, To get a return on investment, subscribe and save is another program that they rolled out obviously quite a few years ago at this point to get those return subscriptions going on those. So it's not only about driving in traffic to Amazon, but empowering brands and sellers on that to not only do more in the advertising and rank on those levels, but then actually own more of their data without actually owning the data on Amazon. Okay, so, so
0: more, more, even more of a kind of internal, like in in of a self enclosed marketplace. Yeah.
1: Let's be e commerce. That that's what they're saying, and we see these movements with. Uh, the brand following on this, the kind of social media things that they're doing, they're giving brands more tools there to control their relationship on Amazon, and that's that's the way it's going to go. Because you know Jeff Bezos is you know uh, already doing pretty well on this, uh, but you know getting fifteen percent of all e-commerce in the world would not be a bad thing for profit. God, yeah.
0: but it'd be good for anyone else. Is a different thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah.
1: So- I-, I will be mute on that comment. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, okay, got a last question for you, Um, bit off topic. What are you nerdy about? What, what's your, what's your, what do you do when you're not thinking about Amazon? What do you what do you? Yeah.
1: So I'm a pretty big nerd in general. So I do read a whole bunch of fantasy books and kind of do strategic gaming and things like that. But the thing that I've been particularly interested right now, just on a global scale, is how is the, the work economy changing uh, with everybody being able to remotely work? So nuanced, uh, we're finally getting out of our lease in December, but um, basically we all went virtual when COVID hit. We have employees all throughout the United States, throughout the, the world at this point um, that, that work with us and, and, and do these things. Um, and then we're completely virtual. So what save we're seeing money with on
0: rent. our rent, no? you save lots of money on rent.
1: Yeah, you save lots of money on rent, but I'm still paying that till December. So I, I love that I signed that five-year lease way back <laughs> when. Um, but it's not just that, it also gives a lot of more freedom to people to say, hey, particularly in the, if you're talking about the US economy, can I live somewhere in Latin America and work the same time zone, right? So how is that changing the the world economy? What's going on with that particularly as the internet gets more online and you don't have those other issues? How is that changing everything, Um On that level, and then, quite frankly, where can you go for talent, right? So there has always been, particularly in the the U.S. and in Britain as well. But you see that it's always been, I have to be close and local. I like to do a handshake and meet somebody. Ninety eight percent of my clients I've never met in person at this point, right? And then now it's getting to that level with my employees. So obviously we get together once a year and things like that, but. That's how that's verged as well. So how does this affect not just people in you know, higher places where you have to pay $4,000 a month in rent compared to $400 a month in rent on the beach somewhere in Mexico, right? And, and how does this change everything somewhere else, right? So that that's just very compelling to me because I believe it's significantly been accelerated by COVID. Yeah. Um, and then focusing on on those
0: types. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you know, I've had similar thoughts. I mean, I think it's great from the point of view that it expands the number of people you can hire, but I think that it's really hard for. It's it's much harder to integrate people who are off, um, you know, who aren't in the same office. And I think it's fine if you've got someone who's who's experienced, but if you've got like a new starter, like a new graduate, it's it's quite isolating. So I yeah. think it's it's really it's it's good and bad, and I think that. I think it's great not having to meet clients and not having to do, you know, having meetings, online meetings, it's so much more efficient. But um, I I do think that there's, you do find yourself making excuses to meet people.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, I'm an extrovert, right? My wife works, you know, right over there in the other office. So um, it, it is very compelling because you still have to get those social outlets. You still have to meet people. You have to, how much, how isolated do you become with those things?
0: Yeah. Well, it's been great talking to you. I've learned a lot. I'm yeah, going to go and do pleasure. something.
1: <laughs> oh, so, just quickly on this. We do have a 2022 strategy, Amazon growth strategy guide on our website. Okay. Well, so I should you...
0: put a, a link to that that sounds yeah, that, interesting. That would um, be brilliant. Okay. So uh, listeners, dear listeners, please check, please check the, the notes for, for that. And yeah. was it Nuance nuanced media?
1: Nuancemedia.com. If you go to our site, it'll actually pop up, and you can download the the strategy guide. Right actually, I think I think, but it's packed full of information that that can really help. I
0: think you. I think that be a, that sounds like a good thing to do. Ryan, well, lovely to speak to you, and good luck for the future.
1: Trevor, thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Excellent. Okay. Cheerio. Bye bye.
0: Cheers.